Hello Jedi Knights and Sith Lords, my name is Gustav, but I also go by the name Gargudon across social media. Today I am beyond excited to greet you all welcome to the very first episode of the new Star Wars podcast, The Hyperspace Dimension. This podcast is hosted by me and is going to be discussion based, focusing on a wide variety of topics. Everything from the Skywalker saga, shows, wish lists, potential future projects, and everything in between. For each episode, I will be joined by a guest who I will be discussing a certain topic with, and today for the first episode, we are going to be focusing on George Lucas's vision for Star Wars and his original sequel trilogy. Joining me for this is fellow Star Wars fan Shanik130. Say hi. Hello, how's it going? Uh, good to be with you, um, everybody. Uh, yeah, just let's get into this. I'm glad <laughs> to have you. So just before we dive into this, uh, tell the audience a little bit about yourself and how you got into Star Wars, because Star Wars uh, has such a unique and legendary legacy across 44 years that everybody has their own unique story of how they were introduced to it. Yeah, so the way I was introduced to it was through um, Indiana Jones, actually. Oh. I first watched the Indiana Jones series, and then... Um, after like really like liking um like Indiana Jones Harrison Ford, my mom got me the first Star Wars. We rented it out of a Blockbuster, which only that, one exists now today. So I got one of those, and then I went to I watched the first one, thought it was really good, and then just like I watched yeah I watched four, five, six, then one, two, three, and then when Clone Wars the TV show came out, I just became like just a huge fan. I just remember I kept watching it and just like. It just engaged me every time, just seeing new episodes and new stories come to life. It sounds like, um, and and this has been around 2007, 8, around there? Yeah, yeah. Pretty, yeah. I want to say that 2007, 2008. Yeah, yeah that's, I, that, I definitely remember the... That's around the same the time as, as I got into Star Wars, oddly enough, actually. I think it was... I'd always heard about it, but I can't quite remember why. But around late 2007, what was it I... I started getting into Lego Star Wars a little bit, got some of those sets that were available back then. Um, okay. And then throughout early 2008, I think I watched, I just watched through one to six, can't remember in what order. And then, you know, when the Clone Wars came out later that year, I was just on board. And Star Wars has been like a religion to me ever since. So, yeah. So yeah, it sounds like our stories of getting into it are, are quite similar and contemporary. So that's interesting. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I just pretty much, I just, I love almost everything of Star Wars. It's just, there's so much great things in there, just storytelling and characters. Absolutely. Just, it's just Star Wars. What can I say? Absolutely. I love everything about it as well, but uh, we're going to get into that more into that right now. So with all introductions out of the way, let's jump into hyperspace for this discussion. So the first thing I would like to cover is what is your take on Mastermind himself, George Lucas's overall vision and plan for what today is called the Skywalker Saga, and what are some of your favorite and least favorite elements about it, also in terms of narrative? So some of my favorite elements of the Skywalker Saga, I would say, would definitely be just how a powerful like government or religion can just fall just by like simple politics like something just like that simple like absolutely politics are are a big thing nowadays and that's absolutely i don't like to get political but and that's like discussed, po politics are disgusting regardless yeah. <laughs> so but yeah the politics and the prequels and then even to a degree in the originals like there wasn't that much but still like they had like oh like my father's evil now like am i evil like just saying like good and good and bad are like in a gray area like yeah just seeing how like 
that is so well defined in the prequel trilogy and then a little bit in the um, original trilogy. Yeah. That's funny you mentioned like the politics of the prequels because that is one of the things that I've actually with time around since I would say around since the Rise of Skywalker came out actually what has made me kind of stray away from the prequels actually. I still like them. Uh, as I said, I enjoy all of Star Wars uh, to some degree. But just as movies and I guess as adventures, they're definitely like the odd ones out in the bigger Skywalker saga because what I feel like George wanted to do with the prequels was he wanted to tell such a large story and he wanted to tell many stories at the same time and maybe it wasn't executed perfectly like they all kind of clashed with each other because as much of as the prequels are like the tragedy of Anakin Skywalker and his fall to the dark side, it's just as much of a political drama. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah. And, and as I said, I, I definitely enjoy parts of it, like the whole, you know, Palpatine is the one pulling all the strings in the background. Um, but then again, it doesn't have that much direct relevancy to Anakin's own story. Like, yeah. every single aspect of the political storyline. And and as I said, what makes Star Wars... I guess I could say this right away, because I'm probably going to get into this many times as uh, we discuss more things. But what defines Star Wars for me is like... And that is what makes A New Hope alone so legendary. It's that small band of misfit heroes on like this epic space adventure. And... Overall, the prequels just don't really have that. Can you agree with me on that? I can agree with you to a degree. Like, it's... I definitely feel like there is way more war aspect in, like, the prequel, as prequel trilogy. Like, yeah. like, it's not really just, like, a small band of, like, heroes. Like, with the original trilogy, it is. While this one's, like, full-on governments, full-on, um, like, military leaders and stuff. Like, we still get that in the originals, but more in, like, Return of the Jedi, but not really in... Um, New Hope and Empire Strikes Back, but it's just we really get to see how the uh, I guess like how like war was back then. I'm, I'm not yeah. sure how to. And it's funny because you say because that is also one of the things I really enjoyed about the um, uh, the political storylines is how much they are based on or inspired by real life history. You know, like. I can't, like, the, the fact that, you know, the Republic becomes divided, and it's the Republic and the Confederacy, I can't help but feel like maybe that has some parallels to the American Civil War, perhaps, in the mid-1800s? I would, I would say to a degree. You know, they were, literally, they were literally called the Confederacy as well, and yeah. so are they here, the Confederacy. I was going to say that to a degree, because technically, um, George Lucas took, like, thought that the Clone Wars are more like World War II. And the um, Galactic Civil War was more like um, the Vietnam War. So mm. I, I still see that as it. I don't really see the um, Civil, the um, Ameri what you call American Civil War as um, Clone Wars. I see that more as like still World War II. Yeah. It's funny because you say that because based on how I know the Vietnam War came to be, I wouldn't say the Galactic Civil War in the originals really has that many parallels. Because yeah. that is just more of a, you know, people standing up to tyranny war, like the French Revolution or something. I would I would say kind of like that. Like, I feel like they're just saying, like, warfare was more like the... Maybe warfare is more like kind of um, 
the Galactic Civil War, like the Vietnam Warfare, basically guerrilla tactics. Yeah. Not really like, fighting like, on fronts. Like the Vietnam War was just weird. And I mean, as much as the US can say it was about peace and whatnot, it was an imperialistic project, as I saw some people call it. And it was just about them, you know, in their hubris, thinking they could, like, you know, condemn the spread of communism. And that yeah. was a that was a fool's errand, the Vietnam War. <laughs> I would definitely agree with you on that right there. Yeah, and um, and yeah, that's uh, that's overall. Just to get back to that, what I loved, what I love about you know many aspects when it comes to the politics of the prequels are how it's inspired by real life history. But as I said, overall, I still feel like George's vision as a whole, because that is also something that's thrown around a lot these days, is. George's vision? Does it live up to that? Does it respect that? As much as I enjoy parts of it, as I said, it's just, I guess, overambitious might be the right word. I would say maybe. Because like, also what to I... To be honest, I kind of I kind of don't like when people say like, oh, it ruined George's vision. Uh, yeah, I it's not what you wanted. stand I'm that like, as well. I get what you're saying, but the way you're depicting it just gets me really mad because like, George, of course, wanted this entire grand vision all by himself. Absolutely. I'm like, yeah, that's cool, but like, the way you're saying it, like, hey, George decided to step down from Lucasfilm and give it to someone else's. Yeah. Like, you have to accept that, okay? It's like, funny this isn't George's vision. This is Disney's vision. Yeah. And it's funny you say it because um, the thing with George taking most of it, you know, his grand vision on by himself, that is might actually be one of the reasons why the prequels kind of are flawed where they are because it, maybe it was just too grand a task for him doing every you know doing most of the heart heavy lifting by himself you know yeah. writing directing all that stuff because there's no question george he's a legendary visionary uh there's no questions there but when it comes to maybe you know executing his ideas his vision especially directing then maybe it halts there yeah i can see that because because it's also like, I think maybe you have to look at this retrospectively in a way because, you know, he obviously got the idea for way back in the 70s, Star Wars, you know, what was just called Star Wars. And this adventure about a young boy, um, you know, who goes on to fight this space, tyrann tyrann space tyrannical empire. And the idea of that was brilliant. And, but you know, after... That was pretty much all he had planned back then, in the early, early stages. Yeah. And then he just, you know, built it upon that, you know, then A New Hope became so, like, became the most successful thing of all time, and I have to make a sequel. Um, and that just, you know, opened up so many new doors for him and possibilities. And then, you know, also when it came to planning the prequels, he maybe, I don't know, maybe he was caught creatively in a way. Because, like... Yeah. As much freedom as he had, like, you know, the, this story is kind of set, what, like, two, two, three to two decades before any of this other stuff happens, but it all has to result in this, like, perhaps that may have stopped him creatively in some ways. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I like to think, like, how could the prequels have been more classic star wars in the sense you know that they were more just about action and adventure rather than just as much being a political drama because the best aspects of the prequels are definitely as i said when it focuses on 
the tragedy of Anakin. Yeah. I actually rewatched Revenge of the Sith like what about a month ago now, and mm-hmm. and while I really do enjoy parts of it, there are also I guess parts of the second act where, you know, those two just don't sync up. You know, telling the political storyline and then Anakin's storyline, those just mm, they don't necessarily work that well in sync. But then again, there are as I said. The tragic elements of Revenge of the Sith are the best ones, and I can see why a lot of people adore that film. Yeah, same here. Even though I like, overall am not the biggest Revenge of the Sith fan. Mm-hmm. Like, Revenge of the Sith is probably like another reason why everyone really likes it. It just really shows like how much like the galaxy changed and like like an like in ten because Revenge of the Sith takes place over ten days. Yeah. So it really shows like how much of the galaxy changed over those ten days of the final of like the war, like and turning it into like the new turning it into a new hope with the Empire and Luke and Leia being born. Absolutely. Um, I can see what you mean, and 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 that's what you said like in the beginning. It's and that and that that the fact how quickly something can change due to politics was one of the better aspects of the prequels in general. Yeah. There's. <laughs> There's just so much, so many, so many amazing things that are in the prequels and show how story it's really developed from. Absolutely, just yeah. a simple concept. And absolutely, and I like to think, you know, that the prequel trilogy's main theme is like showing, you know, the politics of the galic, uh, the politics of the galaxy, and showing how that led to the creation of the, you know, of the of the main bad guys of the original trilogy. Yeah. But then again, Definitely. maybe it should have toned down on that just a little bit, to rather focus on. Because I do like to imagine, even though I can't come with an example off the top of my head, but I do think the prequels could have had more of that action and adventure. In some ways, I would perhaps. say maybe action. It's definitely good on, but adventure, I would agree. Because the only adventure ones I really feel is. A little bit in Phantom Menace, but a lot in Attack of the Clones. Yeah, Not so much adventure in Revenge of the Sith, just like yeah. action and like drama. It's funny you say Attack of the Clones, because that is what probably made that my go-to Star Wars film when I was um, when I was little. And what keeps it my favorite prequel is its structure. That it's the one that feels the most simplistic, I would say. Mm. Also in terms of, you know, like kind of toning down the political storylines and toning up on just Anakin even if there are a yeah. lot of ugh, meh executed parts when it comes to Anakin like as in there are a few scenes where I just like I can't watch because it just becomes too cringe-tastic is the right word yeah <laughs> but yeah um, but yeah I think I think we can agree overall that like George Lucas his overall vision was like he had so many ideas in terms of you know both when it came to making the original trilogy back then but he just had too many ideas when it came to explaining how that came to be i would say yeah and that is what resulted in the prequels kind of faulting here and there and as i said kind of making some of the storylines feel a bit overambitious and perhaps a bit forced as well. Yeah. I'd agree with you on that. Yeah. 
Like, as much as I like the idea of this galactic, you know, the, of, of the, as much as I like the idea of the Clone Wars, it just seems a little, I don't know, overdoing it that the whole point of that war was just to throw the galaxy into a state of chaos to allow you so, to rise to power. It was all orchestrated by Palpatine. He wanted, like, he wanted to throw the galaxy into chaos, so then, like, when all the factions are wiped out, all that's left standing is him, and he can build his new empire. Yeah, and I mean, as much as I, as, as I said, as much as I like the idea of that, and this genius as it is, maybe, I don't know if it's overdoing it, if that's the right word. I mean, like, I don't think it was overdone. I think it was done pretty good. It so. was And you can, and that's actually, you know, one of the things I'm excited to see about the Bad Batch, is kind of closing that era, you know, also with the clones, like, how they were basically just dumped in the trash afterwards, even though that was maybe a wrong thing to do. I'm excited to see, you know, how that will play it, maybe play out eventually in, in that show. Same here. I, I can't wait to see what and happens. Just overall, kind of uh, build upon that transition from Republic to Empire. Because that is one of the things, I guess, in canon that that we, we don't have a lot of material for yet overall. Yeah, no, we do not. It's that transition from, yeah, as I said, in the from Republic to, to Galactic Empire. But, um... Yeah, we only have, like, one, like, for the the 2017 Vader comic, we have, like, a couple, um, a couple of issues where it deals with, um, the Coruscant guard of, like, the, um, clones are still there on Coruscant, but, like, we don't know, like, anything else like all we know is that clones like basically do like go to like dead jedi outposts and like clean out their stuff and we really don't know what happened happens with like the clones and stuff <laughs> absolutely not so uh, i guess we'll just have to see like what happens there when when those episodes probably roll out yeah but just to just to wrap Definitely. up this point um because i think i think we've covered a lot of interesting aspects of it but just to wrap it up george's vision overall um you know, as I said, he's a great visionary, uh, has so many great ideas, but then perhaps when it came to making the prequels, he wanted to tell so much and it just wasn't executed correctly, perhaps, since he did it all by yeah. himself. Like, I can't help but imagine if maybe some someone else had directed, because wasn't that the thing with Empire and Return of the Jedi? George mostly served as, like, creative visionary and executive producer what was it, it yeah, was, what was his name like Irvin Kirshner and Richard Markin not that I really know those guys but they directed yeah, they, those films yeah they directed the films but George is pretty much just a creative director over like the whole thing so like yeah. he can make decisions he, in, the, he wrote like, and in the script too like he could be like oh produced. I like that idea that's good cause like that makes sense they're like oh no let's write that out yeah and and and, and that was probably for the better, I would say. And I yeah. can't help but imagine how the prequels would have been, if it could have benefited them, like maybe George just being kind of, you know, writing the films, but having someone else to direct. Yeah, I feel like it would be better if, like like you said, like if you had someone else to direct, but you still had George write the scripts and stuff. Absolutely. And did he write the prequel scripts all by himself? Yeah. Mm -hmm. He did. And that can also be... A dangerous thing perhaps it's usually good to have like maybe just a second writer on at some points just to kind of um you know uh juice up the the thin parts 
So I, that's I would a- agree with you on that because it seems because pretty much in the prequels, like if you didn't agree with George, you get a. I, this is just a rumor. Don't quote me on this, but. <laughs> If you didn't agree with George, you get a warning one saying like, Hey, this is my, this is my script. Uh, let's, let's keep it this way, okay, guys? Thank you. <laughs> yeah. And then, but if you like disagree with him a second time, so you'd be like, Okay, um, you're no longer part of the crew. Oh, Bye. Because like, he, I get, because he's really into yes men. Like yeah. saying like, yes, this is yeah. good idea, George. And, good idea, George. Yes. Yes. From, good idea, George. Yes. From what so, I like, know about George Lucas in general is that Star Wars to him, as he said, that is his baby, you know, creating that universe. And definitely, I mean, it's my, it's the Star Wars is the closest thing I have to religion. Um, you know, so he held it so dear that it was so important to him to execute it his way. Yeah. And I, so think, I, I don't blame him for like, absolutely like saying like, hey, no, this is my vision. Like, let's not do this and then again but, just you know in terms of him not directing uh the uh, episode five and six times circumstances were also different back then you know star wars was far from it was you know 20 years later when he made the prequels so yeah. it was more safe perhaps he was he was more into i guess let other people experiment with it also because and that's a, no, a whole different thing, but you know, that's a very heated topic in Star Wars nowadays is having a plan for your trilogy or something. And people can say what they will, but I don't believe much, if anything, was planned out for like a whole trilogy back, you know, in the 70s. Yeah. You know, for, for all I know, Star Wars was just supposed to be, and that's what's brilliant. Can we talk about that for a second? That's what's brilliant about A New Hope is that just on its own, it works like a new hope could be a movie with nothing else to it and still be legendary and still work Definitely. i agree with you on that because right it there. was made you know and that's why you know with the medals in the end you know you know in, in case they didn't it wouldn't be successful enough so they could make a sequel you know then it gives the impression you know the bad guys are defeated the heroes got their medals everyone and they lived happily ever after but yeah. then it became the most phenomenal thing ever and just took in more money than anybody could have guessed. And, well, here we are 44 years later with Force Priestesses know how much stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's... So, yeah. It's really pretty much all up to George. Like, yeah. and, and then when it came, as I said, given those circumstances, when it came to setting up that story, that story everyone loves, he wanted to be cautious. He wanted to play it his way rather than you know have a bunch of creative voices affecting his decision he did it was i think maybe perhaps it was just so important to him to do it the prequels his way and then you can have what opinion on that you want to yeah so i, I agree with you on that yeah. um yeah that's probably it um do you have anything to add to this though or should we move on to the next point i have uh we can move on to the next point all right we can always go back to this if it is so, the next thing I wanted to talk about was, what is your take on George Lucas's original ideas and plan for a sequel trilogy? And are there parts of that you would have liked to see implemented into the actual episodes 7, 8, and 9? Okay. Some of the things I actually do admit, like, I would keep, like, because I've only read some of the things where it was saying, like, Darth Maul would have been the mastermind behind it all, like, he would be the crime boss. Like, yeah. that stuff I would be, like, I was very interested in, but... I'm not sure how that would play out. So him being, so Darth Maul being like the crime lord, I find that very interesting. Like, 
also I I believe Dark Talon was gonna be in there too, so like I would like Dark to see how she would Talon. depict it. Was she it. the like red Twi'lek? Yes, she I is. I think I read I, I remember because I have those on my shelf. I got like for my birthday in like two thousand nine, I got this huge like Star Wars book that just had like a bunch of legends legends stories and whatnot in it. I never really read that many of them. Um, but yeah, I did see a few pictures and like that was like 60 years after Return of the Jedi and whatnot. But yeah, I remember Darth Talon. I, I know who, who I know her name. We had, uh, and then there was also Luke being exile again, which I enjoyed. Yeah. And, and... that's, a, that's perhaps ironic because one of the things people really complained about with the last Jedi was, you know, Luke, how he had just like totally retreated into himself but, and say, and it people were saying, sense, George would basically. never do that. George would, would, would write him as the hero he was. But it would perhaps, it, no matter who had written or directed episode eight, seven, whatever, Luke would have gone into exile regardless. Yeah. Because even, you know, if George had made seven, eight, nine, any, you know, legend stories made asset after Return of the Jedi would have been retconned or you know, discarded from canon either way to, like, clean slate. Regardless if George yeah. had made them or not. Um, in, apropos that thing you said with Maul, him kind of being this galactic lord, overlord, boss, while, you know, as you said, I like the idea as well, but that working, like, what, 60 years after his initial death? I don't know. Well but then again, you know, well, that idea was implemented so well into the Clone Wars. I think George Lucas always, wa always wanted to bring back Darth Maul because he realized he killed him off too soon. But he's like, oh, he got chopped in half. And like, in the Star Wars yeah. universe, if you get chopped in half, that's not um, really death. Funny story so, here. I remember that was before he was officially alive again. But I remember yeah. some of my friends, they made up bullshit stories about like, Darth Maul having like uh, what duct taped himself <laughs> and calling himself oh. Darth Meal now and <laughs> he has a little duct tape on him. He has a but, little um, duct tape. He's and gonna... then what? Two, three years later, we find out like the dude's actually alive. How and the yeah, yeah with uh, what was it, the season? It was actually what was it? it was in season three. He was confirmed to be alive in the Night Sisters arc. If you remember that. Yeah. I remember that. And then yeah, what, that was a big reveal. And then, like, a year later, we saw him fresher in the head than ever on spider Man. Oh, yeah. That was kind of a little duct tapey as well, perhaps. Yeah, you put a little flex flex tape in there. Flex tape. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Kind of from Phil Swift over at Costco. <laughs> yeah. I'm here for the flex tape, Phil. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's good. But now, as you said, I think always, because Darth Maul was... He was an underused character in The Phantom Menace, or he was the mystery character there. He was that character yeah. that was like, he looks so awesome, the dude looks deadly, but we don't really know anything about this guy. Like, we yep. need to know more. Mm -hmm. And he could have survived, he could have survived, and then, you know, he comes back regardless, stronger than and more influential than ever. Yeah. But as you said, like, I just don't see how him being the the, the big, like, mafia man, uh, like, 60 years after The Phantom Menace could have worked. And also just, like, what, I, I as those, like, original leaked scripts that were, that were George's sequels, 
Um, I can't remember that much of them, but was Maul's, like, crime empire supposed to be, like, main, I guess, the main opposing regime of the galaxy? I believe it was supposed to be that, yeah. Kinda I want to like, say they made the, a little bit the of, Confederacy like, um, and Galactic Empire and such. Yeah, I think he, like, took, like, not control, but, like, pretty much, like, all the surviving, like, Imperial remnants, like, took control of that as well. Oh, so. yeah. And while I... Hmm, I don't want to say it couldn't have worked, but then again, the, the, the idea of it literally being, like, a mob, like, a mob that is, like, the main threat of the galaxy just doesn't seem as real as it being, like, a literal regime. Yeah. Just based on, like, all the real history and... And because I don't think a mafia type, you know, a crime syndicate would, like, they would have no... What would it benefit them being, in, like, in total control of everyone? And could that even happen? I don't think yeah. so. Yeah. Not with... Not with the budget they have and the tech they have. And whatnot. But but other than like Maul itself, what was it? George's sequels were what was it supposed to be a midichlorian drama or something? A de- it was something a, like that. It was supposed to kind of be a deep dive into the force as well, but in more of a slow, possibly boring way, perhaps. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um and then it was what was it? It was Leia. Uh, living up to the chosen one prophecy. Yeah, um, it was. I I don't like that idea personally because I don't. I just I don't see Leia in that in that way. So it's just a little bit confusing. Yeah, but what I like about that idea was that Anakin even even he, let's just forget what George has said and what people say and everything. But I I like how that kind of confirms that the so-called prophecy of the chosen one was never necessarily just Anakin. Yeah. Because I have a lot of theories on that, but I'm going to save that for a later episode, more deep diving into into that. But let's just stick to like, uh, yeah, this right now. Um, so I guess overall, like, are, were there any other key elements of, of what was it, George's uh, original scripts there that were kind of that were like much different or kind of similar. I honestly can't think of any right now. Like the only other thing I remember was, uh, I want to say Han did go back to smuggling, but that's the only other thing I can really remember from yeah. it. I think it's funny because even though I guess the overall uh, pre- premise of George's sequel trilogy might have been different, and it might have been also in terms of structure a little different. A lot of elements are actually much more similar to the sequels we actually got than some want to admit, perhaps. And that is why also when people say, uh, Disney treated George Lucas like crap, they threw his script right out in the trash. No, they didn't. They just interpreted in their own way. Yeah. Um... Also, if George's plan was to do that, like, kind of deep dive into the Force, because that is one of probably my favorite aspect of the sequels, is how much they're about the Force. You know, we have worlds like Octo, and, you know, we got the big deep water hole with Rey and, like, that mirror dimension, whatever that is. 
Even though he retconned that later in the next one. He did? Whatever. Yeah, they kind of remember they're like, oh, I'm nobody. And then it's like, oh, yeah. Pulpitude. Yeah, that, that, sure. that whole sort. But like, then again, I like that scene a lot because it shows that. That actually that just gave me an like, idea. Power can come from anybody. You don't yeah. have to be a powerful so, um, so, so force user family. So you're saying if Ray had asked, since Ray asked the cave, show me my parents, and then it show her herself, implying she's a nobody, um, when it should, like, by nature have showed her good old Palpatine. Is that what you're implying? Yeah. I, I, yeah, have, I have something to that, actually. Um, remember in Rebels how Obi-Wan says to Ezra, like... The holocron made you see this because this is what you wanted to see. Oh, that's actually a good. Oh, maybe, that's actually really maybe good. Maybe they like didn't that. show her Palpatine because the cave knew she wouldn't want to know that. Yeah. Because the force mm -hmm. works in mysterious ways, and I want to say the force is almost like a person in a way, without uh. physical form or voice. Maybe it's the four, five force priestesses or something that control mm -hmm. everything. I guess the Force, even though I'm not much of a believer myself, the Force is mm -hmm. the closest thing there is to God. Like, kind of that entity that is all-knowing. Yeah. That's super interesting. But as I said, uh, let's go much more into that in a future episode if it is. But, but, but that was one of the best things about the sequels overall, was that deep dive into the Force. And it felt like George wanted to do that regardless. You know, he had had the prequels, which were kind of like the political classic Greek tragedy trilogy. Then he had the originals, which was like, what was that? Uh, the redemption story. Yeah. And then there was this one, which was kind of the legacy and the deep dive into this, what holds everything, what held everything together. Definitely. Definitely. I, would, I would agree and, with you on that. And, and even, um, and even as you said, it was also planned for like, kind of Han to go into smuggling and Luke to go into exile regardless. But I can't remember, did George have like a a clear end in sight or for like his sequels? I don't know to be honest. Like I don't know if he actually had an end yeah. in sight. So And and that that's... is that. I there there wasn't it was from what I remember those leaked scripts were nothing but like a few outlines and overall ideas. Basically, only outlines. Yeah, they, they were never fully-fledged ideas or scripts. Uh-huh. Because based on how George worked, like, you know, it would have taken him a decade to write those and another, like, decade to make them or something. Yeah. Where, as I said, and that's also where, you know, he, he handled those reins over to Disney, which, who, you know, you can say what you will about their sequel trilogy, but at least creatively, they tried to do it... I guess more, as I said, what what may have made George halt here and there was how big of a task he took on, where Disney, you know, they had someone to direct, they had a writer, and then they had a co-writer and such. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but overall, like, from what how I remember those ideas George had, I definitely prefer the sequels we got over his. Because let alone, you know, that Maul being the main villain thing was... Mm. No, I don't think that would have worked. I don't know, yeah. It, I don't think it would have worked either. As I said, but but the idea of Maul returning and being that big crime lord was handled so well. Just 
regardless. In the Clone Wars, yeah, I mean, Solo definitely. and... And whatnot. And, yeah. <laughs> so, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Um, but other than that, I can't really think of anything else to cover, like, on, on this aspect. Do you have anything you would, uh, you would like to ask me, like, before we otherwise slowly wrap it up? Um, I was going to ask you one thing about the, um, what's it called? Do you, th about, uh, hang on a second, just how I repeat myself. I was going to ask you one thing about, um, the Rise of Skywalker. Sure. Um, if George was going to direct Rise of Skywalker, like, episode 7, episode 8 still happened the same, like, J.J. Abrams directed Force Awakens, Ryan Johnson directed episode eight. Last Jedi, and, but George Lucas got to direct the last one. Do you think he would have still brought Palpatine back? Hmm. I want to say yes and no. I want to say no in the sense that based on the original outlines George had for a trilogy, there was no real reason or... Um, yeah, there was no real reason for Palpatine to come back, given Maul would have been, like, the main villain. But then again, um, you know, Maul, he's almost, like, more of a... He's more of a grey Sith in reality than he is, like, full-on Sith. And we definitely see that throughout the Clone Wars series finale. So, let alone how strong a, like, devil-like character Maul would have been, that... Mm, I don't think that would have worked. But then again, I want to say George, I don't think there are any records of George suggesting Palpatine is brought back to life. But then again, it happened in Legends as well, even yeah. though I'm not that strong on Legends material. Um, if that was George's idea or not, it probably wasn't. He had like nothing to do with all those, wasn't it called Expanded Universe back then, material. Yeah. He had, he didn't really have much to do with that, did he? No, he only had, like, some, like, rough outlines and stuff. Oh, yeah. Hmm. It's tough to say. Like, I think, based on how much, you know, he built upon that character, especially with the prequel trilogy, Revenge of the Sith and such, given that he was this mystery character originally. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, actually, that reminds me, I saw something funny, like, if Return of the Jedi was released in, like, today, people say, oh, Palpatine had, like no backstory and we're just supposed to take him seriously as a villain um but no i think given how well george already built the character of palpatine i think he uh -huh. would be open to the idea of bringing him back because i think i said to uh, said this to you earlier but just like in terms of symbolism palpatine is probably the closest thing there is to like satan or the devil in star wars Definitely. like that yeah. like that being of he's so strong evil that just like always finds a way to cheat's death and even if he truly does die his legacy or something still lives on to some degree or his influence or his actions have like defined history regardless oh yeah i'd, I'd agree with you on that right yeah. there like it's you really see how much like palpatine has influenced even after he yeah. his first death um, like, yeah. influences the galaxy, like, oh, Palpatine will still live on, and stuff. Like, the Empire still lives on within the First Order, so. Absolutely. Um, and I have a feeling, like, from what I also saw with some different comics, we're about to know much more about that in a near future. If that is, like, through Definitely. comics, or if that is through maybe the Bat Batch as well. 
I've seen some yeah, hey, theories suggesting like maybe the fall of the Kaminoans is the reason why mm-hmm. they like why the Sith Eternal were never able to create an ideal clone body because the yeah. cloning experts were gone and we also saw a bit of what probably was it in the Mandalorian in what was it the siege uh, episode was called yeah the siege yeah chap yeah chapter uh four in uh four. Ch- chapter four in season two yeah chap yeah um the, yeah you get to see like like sn- like people ever say it was maybe like Snoke clones or like my theory was just like they were supposed to be like enhanced clones with like but Palpatine was like trying to make sure like it worked on these regular people before he does it on himself so not that I'm that strong on that but wasn't Star Killer a clone as well or there was a yes and no so Star Killer um he was originally like a like a born person he died and then he was brought back as a clone yeah, I would be in, it would be interesting to see, even though I never played The Force Unleashed, to see if he could somehow be implemented into canon. He was originally going to appear in um, Rebels Season 3, but they decided not to do another Inquisitor because they thought I was like, getting too, um, like if not, too lackluster. Like, if he isn't brought into canon in the Imperial era, I think he can work surprisingly well in the sequel era as well, actually. Definitely. Oh, yeah. I agree with he you on that, too. Work there. Maybe this, like, either, like, during the early days of the first order or that year between the last jedi and rise of skywalker him being this like super assassin or something yeah i guess we could talk about that later but but just to get back to what you asked me with with palpatine yeah i think i think george would have been open to the idea but i don't know if he would have executed it ultimately okay Okay then. But but I think I, I, I accept that. Yeah, but I think he would be open to the idea of it. Um, and also just in general, like I've seen some people suggest that, uh, you know, them saying Palpatine was only brought back as like a last minute decision and to kind of bring in viewers upon uh, those who might be moody after the Last Jedi. Um, and they and they believe Snoke was always meant to be the main villain. But then again, as I said. The see, as I said, um, like what each trilogy's main focal point is, the sequels were definitely like Anakin Skywalker's legacy. Yeah. And in a way, it just feels like him, like Palpatine, as I said, the living incarnation of Satan going out one last time. Mm, it just kind of makes it full circle in a way. And it reinterprets yeah. the whole prophecy of the Chosen One, which I have tons of theories on, but. I'm going to get into that in a later episode, as I said. So, yeah. But, um, yeah, to answer your question, as I said, I, I think he liked the idea, but if he had gone through with it, that's a different, that's a different question. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, anything else or? Um, no, I'm all good here. I think we've covered a lot of interesting things. Maybe we missed a few points, but. As I said, Star Wars and who holds the reins is all up to their each their interpretation. You know, each that like writer, directors, whatever's interpretation. Yeah. And that is why I like just that whole thing, because that's also something that gets thrown a lot around these days, is this or that person doesn't understand Star Wars. Where I'm like, no, they understand it, they just interpret it in a different way than Mastermind yeah. George. Um, it just annoys me when people say that. 
Like, if they didn't understand it, like, they would have, what, wands and fairy hats instead of lightsabers and Jedi ropes. <laughs> but they just, like, interpret it in a way, in a totally different way. So, yeah. Alright, but if that's everything, then I just want to thank everyone for listening to this very first episode of the Hyperspace Dimension. To stay up to date on everything related to the podcast and more things Star Wars, such as in-game photography from Jedi Fallen Order, links to social media pages can be found down below, should you be interested in that. And once again, thanks for watching and listening, everyone. I hope to see everyone for the next episodes. And until those come out, stay safe, stay safe everyone, and do your part in keeping the Star Wars community a fun and healthy place. And finally, thanks to Shannon for joining me. I hope you had fun. Yes, I did. Thank you for um, thank you for having me. Uh, have a good day, everybody, and may the fools be with you, young one. Anytime. And that sums it up for episode one of the Hyperspace Dimension. Stay safe and active, everyone. See you later, Jedi Knights and Sith Lords. May the Force be with you.